Welcome to the CFN Podcast. going on everyone this is the cfn podcast as always i'm your host cj campbell and uh oh boy uh today (laughs) we're gonna talk about a touchy subject one that i get asked um asked a lot well it's a question i get asked a lot um by my high school kids by my college friends uh all that good stuff sometimes i honestly think people ask me just to make me mad um or try to get like a rant out of me uh, sometimes it works, but most of the time I try to justify my answers and back them up um, with credible sources and research like I always do, and um, that's what we're going to do today. So, uh, I don't have an official topic for this podcast yet as I'm recording it, right? Uh, but is CrossFit necessary for athletes? You know, is, is, is it for competitive athletes? Is it beneficial is it unnecessary? Um, we're going to cover all that stuff. All right. So, um, what I want you guys to do, all right, is just hear me out for the rest of this podcast. If you do CrossFit and you're listening to this, if you are a CrossFit coach, trainer, I don't know what the certifications justify you as. Um, but let me say right now this podcast is being justified for competitive athletes. I am saying athletes who go through regular seasons of football, hockey, track, golf, you know, whatever, basketball, anything like that. And I'm speaking strictly from a strength and conditioning coach perspective. Okay? Now, I have done CrossFit a couple times. I have talked to many people who have done CrossFit, okay, and I understand that a majority of you listening right now in my hometown, or if you know me, okay, there are a couple CrossFit gyms around me, so if you are listening and you do CrossFit, or call yourself a CrossFitter, all right, I guess that, I don't know, I guess that's a slang term that um, I picked up while reading some articles and doing some research, but anyway, um, I just want you guys to hear me out that I am speaking to a strict population. I am not speaking to the 99% of normal, everyday people or CrossFitters that go through the exercise, okay? I am justifying or giving my opinion on whether or not it is beneficial for a competitive athlete to do or perform CrossFit workouts, to become better at their sport, okay? I just wanted to get that out of the air, all right? That's that's what I'm starting this podcast with. That's what we're going to roll with, all right? So here we go. Um, I didn't actually know the real definition of CrossFit. I've been in a couple CrossFit boxes, um, and it's... Let me just say, well, let's start out the definition. It is a fitness regimen that includes high-intensity functional movements, right? You have a lot of different movements, box jumps, handstand push-ups, all that good stuff. It is geared towards pretty much 
everyone who wants to improve basically their just general physical well-being um, and their cardiovascular endurance. And if you're in the health field or if you're in the fitness industry or coaching industry, whatever, you know that both of those things are pretty damn good, right? And they are good. So I will credit CrossFit for that. They are very good at reeling people in because it is a basic level of physical well-being and um, cardiovascular health. It is. It just is. There's no denying that at all. Um, so let, let's get that out of the way. So that's what CrossFit actually is. Um, and now we're going to move on to, so how, if you're saying this, how, are, how do they structure workouts, right? Um, and they use the term WOD, W-O-D, and that means workout of the day. And they base these workouts on different series of movements, okay? But here's the issue. They vary each day. Now, going back to the 99% of people, that does not matter, okay? Because each day you get something different. And a lot of people that I have personal trained, talked to, they don't like doing the same thing every day. And honestly, I think CrossFit's a great idea if uh, you just want to exercise. If, you're, if you just want to exercise, maybe drop some body fat, uh, maybe create a better body composition for yourself, I think CrossFit's awesome. Okay, I'm not going to discredit that, but it is not good for athletes to have varying workouts each and every day, and I, I'm sure as hell going to get into this later in the podcast. Just bear with me, okay? This is going to be a long podcast, but I think it's going to be one of my best ones just because um, I have enough information, I have enough justifiable opinions, and if you don't agree, you don't agree, all right? But anyway, here we go. Um, the workouts are extremely intense pretty much uh the ones that i've been through they were intense it was crazy man uh it was it was nuts and you know you you know one second you're doing an overhead press and the next you know you're you're uh running outside around the building or some shit like that you know what i mean and it's crazy and it is fun okay it is fun to some degree all right um so that's what people like about it it varies each day you don't get the same thing every single day um and there's not really much structure. It just kind of keeps you busy, right? It's just general exercise, doing different things. Now, within those different things, it takes, they basically time workouts, 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes or 45 minutes. Um, but that's usually the time range for CrossFit workouts, right? Just general CrossFit workouts that most people go to. It's quick. It's easy. It's fun to them. You're getting your cardiovascular endurance. You're doing strength training to a degree, okay? Um, and that's what most people like. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. I give a lot of credit to CrossFit for that. Uh, and they structure their workouts off. You know, they still include structural movements like deadlift, squats, uh, some benching. The couple CrossFit places I went to, they didn't do any benching. Um, maybe some floor presses, but that's about it. Uh, they really focus on... Like I said, overhead press, box jumps, they include the Olympic lifts, all right? They don't, it's a thing. It's most CrossFit boxes that I, I've either talked to people that go to them or I've been to myself, they don't teach Olympic lifts that well, right? And every video or every time I've seen someone perform CrossFit in person or a degree of it, you know, there's just a lot of technical errors. And Olympic lifts take thousands and thousands of reps to get right and really work on so by me saying that you can pretty much tell that you know it does take time to get these olympic lifts right okay um 
but they include them. These are cleans, jerks, and snatches. Those are just basic Olympic movements. Um, I did write down here uh, kipping. Not I guess CrossFit doesn't do strict pull-ups. They just do kipping. Uh, and I did them myself back when I did. Listen to this shit. Um, the first time I ever did CrossFit, they were talking about kipping and pull-ups, and that was part of the workout, right? So I got to the station when you made your way around, and uh, I started doing strict pull-ups. And the instructor was like, hey, uh, do you know what kipping is? And I was like, no, you told us to do pull-ups. And uh, he actually showed me what a kip was I, I don't know that's I guess that's what they call it and it was so dysfunctional because you're literally just using momentum and you're just using a lot of force going up they're not even real pull-ups okay but again if you're going for general fitness cardiovascular endurance um, stuff like that that's fine but there's no actual pull-up mechanics that go into kipping all right I mean people will argue that yeah you're pulling up on the bar but you're literally using all momentum and you're driving your body up through strict momentum. That's pretty much it. There, there's nothing uh, about a strict pull-up that goes into kipping at all. All right, well, I'm just going to say that, okay? Um, like I said, it does have its benefits. Uh, there was a study in 2013 by the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. They actually examined 43 um, male and female adults, uh, and they all of them had above average fitness levels, okay? There were some charts in there that um, they gave to say like, hey, this is what we mean by above average fitness levels, all right? I'm not going to read all that off to you in this podcast because that would take another 10 minutes, okay? But they were above average fitness levels, um, and they concluded that after 10 weeks of Metcon training, all right, let me flip, hold on, I think I got my notes wrong. Uh, nope. I guess I got it wrong. After they conclude, after ten weeks of Metcon training, they did have um, lower body fat percentages. And one of the other good things was their VO2 max, I believe, definitely went up. It it shot up. So that's definitely something that uh, I think is a great way to get people into CrossFit. Uh, there are definitely advantages to it. I get it. It's fine for the 99% of people. Okay, so here's where it gets a little sketchy. All right, so now that some of you guys are hooked on CrossFit or you're kind of shaking your heads right now, like, dude, CJ, I already fucking knew that. All right, I get it. Okay, just hear me out. I just wanted to cover all that stuff. Um, let's be clear though CrossFit does not guarantee body composition, uh, building muscle, dropping body fat improving your cardiovascular endurance that's all on the work you put into it and it has to do with nutrition and that can be a whole nother podcast okay but those are all things that go into it because exercise alone doesn't guarantee shit all right that's for anything doesn't matter what sport what type of training you're doing okay um crossfit just promotes it and they do a really good job of doing it so kudos to them um their main marketing strategy is pretty much like the jack of all trades of fitness regimens Um, It includes, you know, power, endurance, strength, uh, pretty much all in one session. And like I said, it's that 20 to 45 minutes, depending on where you go and what workout you do. Um, And they try to cram all that in, which is kind of impossible. All right, let's let's just be real. If you want to get proficient in all that stuff, it's not going to be in a half hour. All right. Um, And a lot of people that does seem great. And that's what they want, because they want that quick, easy, instant gratification. Uh kind of results and that's okay 
all right? That's okay for the general population. Um, but if you're an athlete, you need to be training for your sport and your competition. And a lot of people will say, well, CJ, you need to train like an athlete. You can't do sport-specific workouts. I get that. And you are right. Uh, most of the time, you know, you can't really do sport-specific workouts. That's, that's just how it is. You should train like an athlete. You should train to reduce the risk of injury first, okay? But certain things with CrossFit, if you're a competing athlete in a different sport, you can't really do that, and you can't really focus on those things because of um, the time limits that CrossFit does and uh, kind of like the, the varying changes in workouts every day. So that's where it gets a little fuzzy. And I do believe CrossFit is a sport if you compete, okay? 99% um, of people who do CrossFit are actually exercising. And you guys need to know the difference between exercising and training. Training is when you have, you know, a set, you know, a, a very specific goal. You have a sport to, you know, train for. You have this much amount of time and you have it structured all out. That's training, okay? And then you compete at the end. But if you're just someone who goes, you know, three times a week to a CrossFit box and exercises, that's 100% okay. It is, guys. It's 100% okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But you're actually exercising. So, you are like most of us who are just gym goers. And that's fine. That's completely okay. So, the purpose for most CrossFit boxes is for general health and fitness. But, you know, couldn't you say, hey, CJ, well, isn't that, isn't that for any sport, though? Like, isn't, so take me, for example, I'm done playing ice hockey competitively, right? But I still, if I had the chance, would like to go skate, play adult league, still competing, and I'm making little quotation marks right now with my fingers, competing, all right? But it's not at that level, okay? No one really trains for adult league, all right? No one really, um, I don't think so, at least, takes it that seriously, um, because it's just for fun, in the end, it's just for fun. It's just for, you know, meeting up with the guys, the girls, whatever sport you do. Um, it's basically just for recreation. And that's what it is. And that's, again, it's 100% okay. All right. Um, so you can basically say that about any sport, including just going to a CrossFit box and working out. Okay. Um, the podcast right now is basically centered around, again, like I said, competing athletes at the high school, college, um, any level like that. Alright, so that's where we're going to center this around and not spend as much time with general population. So, uh, why do you think athletes need structure? Okay, um, if an athlete can, uh, what are we looking at here? Um, if an athlete can exhibit power, strength, speed, agility, and conditioning, conditioning in a training session, um, they're most likely an elite athlete or extreme athlete, right? Um, if you can pretty much exhibit all of those into one session or try to get all of those in one session, you're a beast, okay? You're, you're just a beast, and that's just how it works. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to break this down from a coach's point of view and my own experience point of view and from the people I've talked to kind of point of view, okay? Uh, we're going to start with power. Force times velocity, right? I sucked at physics, so I definitely wrote that down. Um, and then in parentheses, you guys should see it. I wrote here, uh, strength times speed. That's just easier for me to interpret, okay? <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Shut up. Um, as a strength coach, uh, we usually use assessments that are used for um, just general athletic development. And some of those for power could be, you know, vertical jumps, broad jumps, 
running vertical jumps, and obviously hang cleans and snatches. Now, those are tests that coaches usually use, um, or they can implement them into basic workout programs. And um, let me just ask you guys this real quick. How many CrossFit enthusiasts or CrossFitters or gym goers, whatever you want to call them, how many of those people do you see performing you know, record vertical jumps, right? Or properly performing a hang clean that is at least, you know, 1 to 1.5 times their own body weight, right? Um, usually it's for time, so you don't really have time to progress in weight or give your, enough t- give your body enough time for rest to hit those numbers. Because again, CrossFit is to get everything done in that amount of time to basically work your ass off to failure. And I'll go over that, you know, at the end of the podcast. Um, so you need to take what I just asked you for what it's worth to you, of course. Um, and there are going to be exceptions, but you know, a system as a whole doesn't implement correct methods. And what I mean by that is, from who, from whom I talk to, and you know, all the articles and journals I've read on CrossFit stuff as a whole, the sport or the fitness regimen, whatever you want to think of it as, it doesn't program these progressions for power. They just kind of expect it in their workouts when they jot it on their chalkboard or their whiteboard, right? So, and again, everything's done for time. So it's hard to make someone work for a half hour straight without rest and expect them to hit big numbers like that or progress them to hit big numbers like that or get a really good vertical jump, right? So those are just some things to think about for power. Moving on to strength. Uh, Common strength training does not really require a time limit most of the time. Okay, unless you're trying to, I don't know, do something different that uh, you're on a time constriction, but CrossFitters don't really benefit, or at least from what I've studied and read and talked to people, they don't really track basic progressive overload. Um, That does include high intensity, low volume work, which would be like strength and power, and then low intensity, high volume work, which is more like hypertrophy, right? So to give some examples, high intensity, low volume that would pretty much be, you know, six sets of two or eight sets of one. You know what I mean? Kind of working on power and strength, low intensity, high volume. That could be your basic, you know, three sets of 10. It could be, uh, no man, like four sets of 12, something like that along those lines. That's your hypertrophy range. And those are all variables that play into progressive overload for strength. So, um, take that into account when you think about CrossFit workouts. Um, those are just the first couple that I'm breaking down. I think, uh, what do we have next here? Oh, we still have some stuff for strength. Um, for basic strength and conditioning, periodization, and I'm not going to go over that. You guys can Google search periodization on your own. Um, and progressive overload, they've basically been around for a really long time. And they've already proven, you can literally go read any article you want. You can go talk to any strength coach you want, any trainer you want. Those are you know, tried and true ways to, how do I say, they've been proven to improve performance, right, I think that's a good way to put it, Um, and they just work, different ways you can do it, there's many different ways you can do periodization and progressive overload, but they have proven for a long, long time to work, and they do take a lot of time, and again, I don't want to bash CrossFit, but that's not what their focus is, their focus is a lot of work in a short amount of time, Okay, Um, just keep that in the back of your head while you're listening. And again, that comes back to, you know, athletes having structure and correct progression for their training. 
so we can hit those vertical jumps we can hit those deadlift numbers um, all that stuff with your body getting an adequate amount of recovery recovery time i should say so uh, moving on the speed this is going to be a quick one um i'll be honest with you guys other than people doing rowers and assault bikes i've watched the crossfit games on tv i think they're very interesting i think they're entertaining but how many people in the CrossFit world would probably be able to hit a 4.2, 4.4, 40-yard dash? You know, like that takes a lot of time. Um, you have to learn sprint mechanics. You have to build power. Um, you have to build your posterior chain. It, it takes so much work. And, I, and I've been very fortunate to work with some high school track athletes and talk to some college track athletes. And, man, they just grind day in and day out. And they practice mechanics so much. And their workouts are so different, and um, they track everything and do everything they can. And to put that product into a 40-yard dash, maybe if you're trying to go to the NFL or something, it doesn't even have to be a track runner. Um, it does take a lot of time. So, keep, again, keep that in mind from what I said earlier. Um, that's basically speed. A lot of CrossFit ath- athletes, athletes and enthusiasts, uh, I would probably say they rarely train um, for linear speed. And that's just running in a straight line, kind of like a 100-meter dash or 40-yard dash. So um, they rarely train for that. Explosive and sprint training, it does take a lot of time and a lot of reps to get better at, like I just said. Guys, it does take a lot of time. And if you played track or played football, you know that's true. So um, take it for what it's worth. Again, that's the speed variable that CrossFit doesn't really do a good job of touching. Not that it doesn't at all, I'm sure. But to that degree of athletic performance and strength and conditioning, I truly believe it doesn't. Um, Moving on to agility, which is just change of direction for you guys that don't know. Um, Agility in simple terms basically requires acceleration, deceleration, and let me put emphasis on this, properly reaccelerating or cutting in a new direction. So if that made no sense to you whatsoever, what I just said, (laughs) um, just think of my ass running in a straight line as hard as I could, then decelerating with about three deceleration, four deceleration steps, all right, cutting, planning my knee, turning, and running a different direction, right? So that's what we're looking at here. That's basic agility. Um, you know, some common tests as strength coaches that I've used in the past and that I'm sure other coaches have, uh, they usually do the 5-10-5, the pro agility, uh, or the three-cone drill, the L drill, three cone L drill. Um, those are just basic tests. Those are tests that I have used for my high school guys in the past. Uh, it is proven true. We worked on that. And once we get those test numbers, then that helps me program for what I need to do for my high school guys. And again, we're going to get the programming in a couple minutes here, but, uh, I'm just covering the big variables that strength and conditioning coaches look at and test for that CrossFit doesn't really touch on that well, at least to my knowledge. Um, or spend a lot of time on. So uh, I think that was the last one. Jody was the last one. Yeah, that was it. So after going over those variables, let me just ask you guys, how many CrossFit YouTube videos, Instagram videos, Instagram stories, Twitter videos, anything like that, put all of, you know, the trash talk to the side, just use, you know, articles, videos, anything like that that you guys have seen maybe on TV or whatever. How many of those people... Have you seen display development? Let me say that again. Development of athletic function that encourages 
correct agility and speed mechanics training. How many? If you have, please let me know. I'm not like bashing anyone, I'm just curious. Because if you're one of those people who do CrossFit and you do practice sprint mechanics and leg drive and knee drive and you know all that all that stuff and go through that linear speed you know drills and um, conditioning please let me know I'm actually interested so but from all the people that I've talked to and everything that I've studied and read about and watched no one does that because they're too focused on getting their gold star for the day that they finish their workout for time in under 40 minutes and they probably did some half-assed clean snatches and you know jerks maybe some kips, whatever they are. Um, so that's, that's the, that's the gray area that between strength and conditioning and CrossFit. And I'm not saying athletes that compete in sports can't do CrossFit because I think it's a great, uh, cardiovascular booster, you know, for quick conditioning. I think it's awesome, but it's not sustainable. And that's my opinion, guys. It is not sustainable for the long term for athletes who want to gain a competitive edge and truly practice what they preach, practice their craft, want to play after high school, all that stuff. If, if you can find a college strength coach who actually does CrossFit three to four times a week with every single person on his team or every single person on the campus, let me know. Let me know. I will be glad to read or watch anything about it, but as of right now, there's nothing. And maybe that's for a good reason, okay? Uh, so that's basically the principles that I wanted to touch on. Um, conditioning is a positive credit to the performance for CrossFit. That's what it is. I, I truly credit CrossFit because um, they do actually build work capacities in all three of the systems for a lactic, lactic, aerobic training system, stuff like that, all that science shit um, <laughs> that I had to learn in school and I still read about and practice, you know, in my own time. Um, so let's get to the programming, like I said a minute ago. Uh, what programming, then, do athletes actually need, right? So I've been going on about all this. What programming do they need? So without structure or progression, it's actually pretty hard to ensure that athletes are staying healthy and improving throughout the entire season, right? Um, and they want to be performing at a high level long-term. You guys want to play the long game. If you're an athlete listening right now, you want to play the long game, you want to stay healthy. Don't go for the quick results, all right? Be patient. Um, yeah, that was my little motivational coaching speech, right? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the structure and the programming and the progressions are usually based on the coach and the sport. Uh, the programs will differ, but some examples of these guys are just ones that I'm going to rattle off the top of my head. Uh, linear, nonlinear periodization, uh, undulation, concurrent uh, conjugate training systems or tier system training. Those are just some examples that I've studied and used in the past um, that I'm still learning about now, and none of them really have to do with CrossFit, okay? So just take that into account. And again, I have here a question, you know, how many CrossFitters actually follow these programs? Probably close to none, all right? Maybe some of the, maybe some of the CrossFitters that compete on ESPN and stuff, maybe they do, and I think that's great, but for the 99% of people, they don't. Or at least that, to my knowledge, they don't. So um, if you're a competitive athlete, high school, college, it's not beneficial unless you have structure, unless you have one of these you know, training, training programs or training uh, systems in place that a coach that's educated on it is teaching you and working with you. So, you know, guys, as a, as a strength coach and even a personal trainer, um, 
I truly believe the number one thing we want to do is reduce the risk of injury, right? Uh, and for most CrossFit workouts, you know, they're done for time and they're done to fatigue. You know, you see a lot of people crawling on the floor, sweating, acting like they're dying, whatever the shit may be. Um, but that's usually the goal. It's to fatigue and it's for time. They want you to get that work done in that short amount of time. So let me just say that fatigue usually equals loss in technique, which is huge in strength and conditioning, especially if you're doing Olympic lifting. Uh, it's a loss in technique, which obviously equals a higher risk of injury or a lack of performance. You know, If you guys are going to fatigue every day, that's not healthy. That doesn't matter if you go to the YMCA and lift weights you do CrossFit, or you're an NFL pro, all right? I, I truly believe that recovery time is huge, um, and more and more studies are coming out on that. So I think it's a huge factor that not a lot of people play into because they think that, oh, they'll be okay, or, oh, well, this soreness will go away tomorrow, when it might not, and it might actually get worse. So just keep an eye out for that on your own. Um, and I truly believe the goal for any program is not to wear someone out or wear your whole team out, but you need to have them safely perform at a high level, right? You want them to succeed. You want to win championships. You you know, you want to put shit on Instagram that makes you look cool, right? <laughs> but uh, when it comes down to the meat and potatoes, guys, it, it's just about keeping kids healthy and uh, it's keeping them safe and putting them through a proven, tried and true system that can not only help build their strength, but also keep them healthy during the season. And that's what our goal is. So um, where are we at? Oh man, we're already at half hour. Uh, so I'm going to do my final takeaway here so we can all get out of here. I don't think I have anything else. No, that's about it. So um, I wanted to try to keep this under a half hour for you guys just because a lot of you lose attention after like five minutes. Um, but anyway, my final takeaway here is if you are a competitive athlete at whatever age in any sport, you know, it, like I said, it could be track, hockey, football, basketball, baseball, whatever, um, I think CrossFit is very inappropriate. I think it's a bad avenue to take um, structure-wise, recording-wise, and just basic sport fundamentals. You know, they need to be, those things need to be a priority. And everything that I've researched and the people I've talked to about it and the people that go through CrossFit workouts, there are no priorities and there are no recording. And it's just trying to get as much work as you can done in a short amount of time. So um, I think wads or workout of the day, like I said earlier, I think it really only creates a gold star mentality to really just, you know, satisfy someone for a day. And then they come back tomorrow and do a completely different workout that looks completely different. You know, it's nothing similar to what you're trying to progress to. Um, and it just has a lot of varying workouts. And again, it's just short-term conditioning, which is great. Short-term con conditioning is great. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I need it. Okay, I'm done playing hockey. Like, I, I need better conditioning. But... I'm not going to choose CrossFit as my first choice. And that's very personal. That's my own opinion. All right. Take it for what you want it to be. So uh, my last thing here, I think CrossFit is great for 99% of you guys listening right now. Um, it's it's great. It's great uh, for body comp. It's great for cardiovascular endurance and fitness. It's great for body composition. But again, it's in the short term. I don't think it's a long term deal. Uh, and I, I just think for a general fitness, you know, enthusiast I think it's awesome but these are all my opinions guys I just want you guys to take this for what it's worth I've done I've done some research I talked to some people and I know I've said that in this podcast a couple times but a lot of you guys like to jump the gun and just assume shit so uh, these are just some quick 
points I wanted to hit on, on my opinion, if competitive athletes should do CrossFit, doesn't matter if it's the high school level, college level, even kids, I don't really think should do it. Um, but again, that's my personal opinion. So I would love to hear your feedback. Please send me a message on Instagram, send me a message on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, if you have it, if you have my number, get a hold of me. Um, I'm not going to give that out. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you're listening to this and you have any questions, you don't agree, anything like that. I would be love. I would love to talk to you guys about it. So thank you so much again, guys, for listening. Uh, we're almost at a thousand plays, which is beyond amazing. So um, I credit all of this to you guys. You guys are the ones that give me the courage to get back on the mic and talk about topics that you send in or ones that I may feel the need to touch on just to bring some light to, you know, maybe something that you guys are thinking on your own, but you're too afraid to speak on or ask about. So uh, don't be afraid to reach out to me. Uh, Let me know what you think about the podcast and we will choose a new topic soon. Again, I try to do these as much as I can, but it's hard to do the research and um, really sit down and talk to you guys about this stuff when I do have the time or don't have the time, I should say. So I really want to put my time and my heart into these. And I truly think this is one of my better podcasts just because I know a lot of people do it. And a lot of you guys that are listening right now do CrossFit. So again, I love the feedback. I love talking with you guys that send me messages and uh, keep up the good work. Have an awesome night and have a safe weekend. Okay. Thanks guys. I'll see you on the next podcast.